You're listening to Pokemon Rose, a nostalgic look back at the Pokemon series, with your host, Dan Hughes. Well, here we are, continuing our journey across the Hoenn region. And what better way to start than at the beginning? Particularly at the beginning of the changes that were made to the gameplay in Pokemon Sapphire and Ruby. Now, this is an interesting episode for me because it's going to be a deep dive into why I think, in retrospect, this was the generation that started to lose me, uh, and why, ultimately, the things that put me off as a younger kid actually drew me back into the series when I was a, an older person. It's funny the way that that works. It's kind of like not really appreciating what you have, or, I don't know, not not being willing enough to take chances or to uh, put effort into something to really get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And it's a key thing that I say there, effort, because this episode is going to be about the new meta that was introduced in the Pokemon series, namely natures, uh, abilities, effort values, or EVs, and individual values, or IVs. Yes, that's right. After so many episodes of this series, we're finally going to be talking about the dreaded Pokemon meta. And if you're like me, uh, your eyes are probably rolling into the back of your head, you're probably scoffing as you're listening to this, because if you're not a uh, hardcore Pokemon fan, or, well, let's say this, if you're a casual engager with the world of Pokemon, you may know these terms as hot, hot button issues that are kind of well, homework, there's really no better way to put it. It's really the metagame of Pokemon becoming homework. But I want to talk about kind of my journey through this, because when I first played Pokemon Sapphire, I didn't even know what I was looking at. And truth be told, the only reason I knew any of these things existed is because my friend John had a cheating device called a Codebreaker for the Game Boy Advance. And he told me about natures and abilities. And he started asking me, well, did you check to see what nature that Pokemon had? Or, hey, did you see what its base stats were? And all I could think was, uh, no, I saw that it was a cute little bird that turned into a fighting uh, kung fu chicken at the end of its evolutionary line. I saw that part. That part was pretty cool. But John opened up my eyes to the meta of Pokemon, and he was on board. He was ready to embrace it. I don't know if it's because he was more intensely into gaming than I was at this point. Uh, he definitely was. I mean, I mentioned on the last episode that he had all of the gaming systems. He had a lot more games than I did. He had more time to play games. I think he wasn't... You know what? <laughs> In retrospect, <laughs> I don't know if he was so good at school that he just flew through his homework or if he never did it. But regardless, he was the kind of kid who had the energy and attention to put into all of the new things that Pokemon Sapphire introduced. And what's really interesting is, like so many other things in the Pokemon world, I don't think I would have known about this unless somebody had told me about it. Nowadays, if you're a kid entering into the Pokemon world, you're told about it through the game. It actually tells you, hey, uh, this is a, a Pokemon stats, and the more, the higher the effort value that goes into this particular stat, 
the more of a boost or bonus that Pokemon will get when it levels up. So if you have maxed out effort values in the HP stat, for example, all of the stat boosts that that Pokemon might get when it levels up will be filtered through the HP. Likewise, if you have a really good Pokemon that was just like, for lack of a better term, the Ubermensch of Pokemon, and it started with perfect individual values, that means that it is absolutely set to become like a juggernaut in fighting and in battles. And it's because maybe an average Pokemon, let's say, starts with five. number The number five, their, their stat level is five across the board for HP, attack, uh, defense, special attack, special defense, and speed. Well, a Pokemon with perfect IVs, maybe they start with seven across the board, or mostly sevens and a six. So they have this advantage, slight though it may be, it really starts to pick up as you continue to level the Pokemon. I'm sure there are plenty of uh, Pokemon metagamers listening to me right now and rolling their eyes thinking that I'm giving an incredibly surface-level view of how this all works, but you have to remember, this was a mystery back in Sapphire and Ruby. It wasn't readily apparent that these things were part of the game. They were kind of these hidden figures that you really needed to go digging for. And when I was a kid, that didn't matter to me. I wanted to play the game for the story. I didn't really care about, you know, having the absolute best Pokemon uh, by the numbers. What mattered to me was that the Pokemon that I picked was the best for me. It was my favorite, or it was a team that I really liked. And I think I remember even then being kind of put off with this idea that, well, if you're going to run, let's say, just for the sake of argument, like a, a Vigoroth on your team, you're going to want to see what's its ability, what, is its stat, what does its stats layout look like, what's its nature, what kind of attacks are you going to give it. This wasn't something that I was really preoccupied with. I wanted to have a really cool Pokemon that I gave all of the best fighting moves to that just got to level 100 and that was it because that's what I was used to. Pokemon Red and Blue and Gold and Silver, they didn't have these things. Not really. There were Pokemon that were better than others, like Alakazam was the fastest, Mewtwo was the strongest. You had these kind of Pokemon that were kind of default the best, and it was hard to get them, and it was rewarding to use them. Well, when I played Sapphire as a 10 or 11-year-old, I remember thinking, I don't want to put in all that extra work to make this Pokemon the best. I want to have the best Pokemon anyway. And I think I was kind of put off by that. And I wish that I hadn't been, because only recently, when I've delved into that meta and really understood it and took the time to enjoy it, I realized that what Pokemon did was a tremendous gift to people who wanted to play Pokemon the way that I like to play it. What do I mean by that? Well, all of a sudden, if my favorite Pokemon is Gligar, which it is, and he's not very strong, because he's not, I can use Pokemon breeding and the metagaming to make 
the strongest Gligar in the world. And it's got this weird kind of horseshoe effect where when I played as a really little kid with red and blue, the first Pokemon of the type that I liked, that I caught, that was the one that I loved. Maybe I gave it a nickname. It was the first one, right? And I think that I, as a kid, felt like breeding Pokemon over and over again was cheapening it, or it became this kind of kind of weird, almost, in, you know, thinking back on it, case of uh, eugenics and <laughs> breeding the perfect Pokemon. It felt weird, and I didn't want to do it, and I didn't want to put the time into it. But as an adult, I realized that by doing that, you can basically make any Pokemon that you want viable for the game. You can make it the strongest Pokemon. You can legitimately create the strongest partner Pokemon that you want to have. And suddenly, this thing that was present in the anime of characters having their ace Pokemon, or characters being famous for using a particular type of Pokemon, suddenly you could do that if you wanted. You could be the strongest water type user. You could be the strongest Gligar ace. You could do any of these things to make these Pokemon really special in a way that mimicked or mirrored how it felt in the original games. And I think that's what I really want to talk about in Sapphire and Ruby, was the, no pun intended, evolution of the Pokemon game itself. That there wasn't just a blossoming of narrative or of music or of the world, but specifically of the gameplay that reinforced all of the incredible tropes and meaningful morals that the games had espoused prior to Sapphire and Ruby. You can really train up your partner and become the best in the world with this Pokemon that, you know, people might have laughed at. People might laugh at a Wormpole, <laughs> you know, taking it to the champion. But you could do that with this metagame. Now, granted, it took a lot of work. It was a lot harder back in those days. It's a lot easier now. There's a lot of uh, really nice quality of life things that they put into the more modern games. But back then, you really formed a bond with that Pokemon because if you wanted to, let's say, raise the speed of your Pokemon, you wanted to dump all of your effort values into speed so that when your Pokemon leveled up, it would get more speed points. Well, buckle down, because you're about to go fight a thousand Zubats, you know? <laughs> or, hey, you want to have more HP? All right, time to knock out four million Geodudes. It's just the way that it worked. You would get an effort value point for each of these Pokemon that were assigned to a different stat, and every time you defeated one with the Pokemon that you were training, you would get a point. I mean, you could use the items that the game provided, but that was expensive. Any item that raised your effort value is usually about 6,000, I think. Oh no, maybe 9,800. It's a lot. It's a lot of money, especially since you maybe get a thousand polka dollars for every fight that you win early on. So it was really a test of your patience and of your dedication and of your understanding of the world of Pokemon to the point where 
when I look back on it now, what those games were really doing, if you wanted it, was letting you in on the truth of this world and the depth of it in a way that you might not have even considered playing the earlier games. When I was 10 and 11, I played these games a lot, uh, but I played them for the story and I played them to try to catch all the Pokemon, which I don't think I ever did in Ruby and Sapphire. But looking back on it now, I'm so thankful for what they did with all of these insane <laughs> meta dynamics that they included. Because what it really emphasized was that if you put the time and effort into training a Pokemon, you could conquer the world with it. 